It's always like the ugly people are the best players. What's your name? Michael Bantazis. I'm from the north side of Chicago. I played football at Solomon High School. I played defense, offense. I got great hands. I played football my whole life. I love it, baby. You got a Super Bowl ring. That you, you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris? When the kitchen got hot, my hamstring was hurting. Towards Frost, so I can't do that. Stevie ain't love the kids. He sure does. Back Judge Podcast. We back to the roots, baby. That's all that matters. Got some Garib, the big 21-year-old's got a Stella. We are, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a throwback episode of the yeah. Back Judge, if I don't say so Might myself. Might have to bring back the old uh, intro. Yeah, we should bring back, well, we will do that. We'll, we'll, I'll cut that out. We'll get the, <laughs> the old intro in here. Michael Bantanzas on the north side of Chicago. <laughs> um, intro. We got week 10 on, on the, on the books here. After a quite an eventful week nine, I'm sure we'll get into some of the stuff that happened last week. First order of business, though, my Saints getting Des Bryant. Fortunately, that means the death to the uh, prophecy to the Colts. Great prophecy it was. It was. I, th- I would. I think that was our best prophecy made without being fulfilled. Yeah. I think that might be our best prophecy made, and I don't want to. Uh, you know. Uh, I forgot to mention this. I don't want to take too much credit for it because it was kind of. I think it might be the easiest prophecy made. A week before Hugh Jack gets fired, I put up on the prophecy board that he would get fired before the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I had them beating the Steelers, which was a silly uh, prediction to make, I just thought that this team, there was too much going uh, in the negative direction for too long for Hugh Jackson to retain that job. So uh, another prophecy fulfilled, one not fulfilled. Des to the Saints, uh, what are your initial reactions on it? Just as someone who's been a huge Saints believer. believer yeah. Uh, from, from, from I mean, it doesn't hurt. How can it possibly hurt you? Um, they have one true number one in Michael Thomas, so Dez is definitely going to have his opportunities to not have to be that number one guy and just another big body receiver for these people in the NFC South to deal with. Um, you know, they don't really have another great receiving threat. I mean, they're throwing balls to Taysom Hill, too, like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so their their receiver depth isn't that great. I don't remember the kid's name from uh, you, the – isn't the Eastern Carolina kid that they drafted Hardy? in the third round or something Hardy? like that? He was the one who caught the the oh. record yards for Drew Brees. Oh, Traquan Smith. That wasn't that Louisiana Tech? Didn't he go to maybe? Yeah, yeah it was Traquan Smith, time. right? Yeah. So he kind of been filling in as that second guy, but they really didn't have a, a, a true number two. And I still definitely believe Des Bryant can can be that type of player in the NFL. Who knows what type of shape he's in or anything? I, I have no idea. Maybe he's in great shape. Maybe maybe he's in great shape yeah. and, he, and his I mean, body hasn't fresh. been taking the, the mm-hmm. beating that any of the players in the league have been taking now that we're on week 10. And the Saints, I mean, he said he wanted to join a Super Bowl caliber team or a playoff caliber team. This is the front runner right now. This is the number one team in the NFL uh, resume-wise uh, nine weeks through, through the season. So And he's playing with Drew Brees. So, I mean, I can't you can't really you know draw together a better scenario for Dez – and uh, I'm excited to see how he's going to perform on this team in this division uh, moving forward. Absolutely. So that's pretty much all of the, uh, the. That's the week. Uh, the, yeah, that's the, the the week's news. The news. Yeah, I'm. I'm any week nine games we want. I want to pull back. Uh, there, there is one point I do want to make about it was a prove it game for me for the Chargers, and I forced them to prove me wrong, which they did. 
Uh, I picked the Seahawks in that game, and the Chargers went up to Seattle and took care of business, and I liked seeing it. I mean, they, the game was closer than it should have been, like all Chargers games are. But this is a 6-2 and two Bolts team that is now, you know, in contention for, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they got another date with Kansas City. Kansas yep. City's got one loss. They got two losses. I mean, they're going to be fighting for this division, and definitely, if not if not fighting for the division, are going to be the number one wildcard team in the AFC so they're going to play either the Patriots or the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs, most likely, which sets up for a phenomenal first-round matchup. Uh, kudos to the Chargers for winning a game that they usually don't win. And then I'm just going to say it, kudos to the Steelers, a team that yeah. I've been bashing all year. Uh, not all year, but I guess all before the season and the beginning part of the year. I've been quiet recently because they've been winning. Um, but you know, going into Baltimore and, and, and making up for the home loss they had to the Ravens a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I think it was week four or five, uh, with a, with a convincing win in Baltimore and now a controlling lead on the division at five two and one, uh, this is a Steelers team that plays on Thursday night against uh, Carolina. Carolina, and I guess that's a good way to kick another, off another our, team we've been hating. Our Week Ten preview, yeah. Carolina is a team we've been ha- hating. Granted, I did give them. I I told I told uh, the back judge listeners to lay the points against Tampa Bay, which uh, the Panthers handled them last week and. This is a great Thursday. This is the best Thursday night game we've gotten so far. Yeah. I think in terms of just now, we're you know we're at we're at week ten where we 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 we've seen these teams' identities so far, and we kind of have a good feeling for where things are at. And you got the Panthers and the Steelers, six and two Panthers, five two and one Steelers at Heinz Field, prime time Thursday night. This is going to be what the viewers have been waiting for. The Thursday night football viewers were tired of the Raiders 49ers. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, this is a huge game. Um, James Conner's still chugging along, just getting those getting those yards, those points, those touchdowns. Absolutely. They don't even really miss Le'Veon. I mean, these are two teams that are very hot right now, too. Um, two teams that have rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. And I mean, the Panthers, they beat the Ravens, obviously, two weeks ago. But I feel like the Steelers and Heinz Field, that, that Ravens win was at home. This could be the first like real like formidable opponent that shows whether or not they're a true contender of a team. I definitely think the Panthers are a playoff team. Um, I said it in that game with the Ravens. Whoever wins this game is going to make the playoffs. So I, I believe that the Panthers will make the playoffs. It likely won't be through the NFC South, which is how good the Saints uh, have looked. Um, but definitely a great chance to get one of those wild card spots in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one, though. Yeah. Um, I uh, agree with everything you said. I agree with the Panthers being a playoff team. They're 6-2. and two. Both their losses have come on the road. They travel to Pittsburgh to play this game. Um, I'll get it over with now. I'm going with the Steelers as well. This is a, similar to my Panthers pick last week, a team I've been kind of ignoring for too long, and I've been picking against for too long and hoping that they were going to do bad so that I could be right for too long. And uh, the Steelers have really gotten their you-know-what together and this is going to be a clash of two juggernaut teams. And I just like the fact that it's in Pittsburgh. And I think Pittsburgh is going to defend their home field. And they're 500 at home right now. I think they'll bounce up to a game over 500 and have a convincing home win against uh, against the Panthers. And, and going back to that point about them being 500 at home this season, just a little Steelers nugget I wanted to share that I that I saw this week. In their last 16 games on the road, the Steelers are 14-1-1. One one. Road Which Warriors, man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> And then that means they're they always they always seem to struggle at home a little bit under Tomlin, which is bizarre. Yeah, so, that is bizarre. I mean, anything can happen in these Thursday nighters. So definitely, uh, definitely a, a good one to to kick gonna off. Going to be our watching it. Yeah, going to be watching it. Not something I can necessarily say about every Thursday night game. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm, we're both on the Steelers in that one. And then, you know, we got an interesting slate this week. A uh, few teams on by, and, uh, you know, we got a, another. I think last week was kind of a lesser of a noon slate in terms of volume. There weren't as yeah. many games. Um, last week had a bunch of great matchups, though. There were some very good matchups, yeah. But uh, I'll start us out with a matchup that I'm looking forward to, and I think has a pretty big impact on uh, the next few weeks. And I think I'm gonna. I think it's the Colts Jaguars game. I, this yeah. is a position where the Colts are on. A th- I think it's a two two, two game, game winning streak. I was gonna say three, no. but it's two game winning streak, and they are playing the Jaguars, who have you know since that win against the Patriots looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL, and Blake Bortles has looked like he has no business being a starting quarterback. This is a huge game for this division. I think the Texans are the number one team in the division, and they, uh, I mean, obviously have shown a lot this year, but they're not necessarily a world beater atop that division. I think the, the talent disparity in the, this division isn't too much from top to bottom. I think the Colts can compete with the Texans. I think the Titans can compete with the Texans. I think the Jaguars can compete with all of them. Uh, so I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup, and I think if the Colts win this game at home and improve to four and five, they thrust themselves right back into the thick thick mm-hmm. of things in that AFC. And I'd say the same for the Jaguars here. But this is a meeting in a position I just like the Colts in, kind of. I just like the Colts at home. I think the fact that they're a three-point favorite might be a little too much. I'd maybe put them at a one-point favorite or yeah. more of a pick'em type thing. Uh, but I think Andrew Luck has been playing phenomenal football this year. Marlon Mack has been coming into his own recently. And I won't even need to say anything about the Jaguars' defense. I, we, we know it's pretty good, but I just don't believe that Blake Bortles is going to be able to you know, score a multitude of points against anybody's defense. Nonetheless, the Colts' defense, who I think the Colts' defense ranks pretty low uh, in the league, but still, I just don't trust Bortles to be able to deliver the ball. And I'm taking luck over Bortles all day in this matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. It's also in Lucas Oil. Jaguars have just been on a skid as of late. They are coming off the bye, but it's not like they had a lot of momentum going into it. Maybe they've regrouped a little bit and gotten gotten their team together and they're going to head in the right direction out of the bye. But just with how inept they've been on offense, I have a hard time really seeing that happen. Um, whether or not these two teams can get back into the hunt in the AFC South remains to be seen. I mean, the Texans, after starting 0-3, have rattled off six straight wins, which is just crazy. So... Who knows? But I mean, the the you know six wild card spot in the AFC is definitely in play for both these teams if they can win this important AFC South matchup and and you know keep it rolling. But definitely, if either of these teams lose the games, I think their seasons are respectively over. Yeah, um, boy, and talk about a six. Now that we're ten weeks into the season, talk about a six wild card spot in the AFC. There's an all out arms race for yep. that thing. You know, the Titans have kind of brought themselves yep. back into the discussion in that division and. Uh, the Bengals, you know, there are some teams that are definitely eyeballing that spot, so it's going to be interesting to see how the race finishes up. Let's talk about the Bengals-Saints game. Let's. A little bit of an odd matchup, I guess. You know, the AFC, NFC, Saints-Bengals yeah. isn't one that you see often. Um, going into Cincinnati, that's the only thing that really makes me think that the Bengals somewhat have a shot at this. It's going to be, you know, colder weather as we get into November here. Saints obviously don't always as do as well when they're outside and on the road. But with the clip that the Saints are rolling at right now, I find it hard to see them dropping this one to Marvin Lewis and a A.J. Green-less Bengals team. Yeah, I think that, to quote Colin Cowherd, because uh, I agree with him on this point, uh, the Bengals and Andy Dalton specifically are a team that they're going to beat the teams that uh, 
that they should beat mm-hmm. and, you know, like the Buccaneers, and they're going to lose to teams that they're not as good as and sh- should lose to, and that's the Saints are a great example of that. Uh, talk about a team being on a clip, like you said, Adam. Drew Brees is playing some of his best football. Michael Thomas is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Alvin Kamara is arguably the most productive running back in the NFL. Uh, their defense is playing good enough right now, I guess, because their offense is just that damn good. And this is a, t- a position where I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable laying the five and a half with the Saints, but in terms of a pick I'm taking the Saints all day in this one. Uh, so I think we're on the same page there. Let's try to find some. Let's try to find someone we disagree on uh-huh. here. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of lopsided matchups this week. There are. And you know what? Let's talk. This is a good talking point. The The Buccaneers, three-point favorites wow. at home to the Skins. It's a little disrespect. That is a little disrespect. But the Skins have been kind of getting disrespected all year. I feel yeah. like this is a reoccurring thing with them. The Giants were favored over them. I know the Giants were at home, but still, the Giants, the one-win Giants were favored over them. You know, you get interesting numbers when you're uh, when you're when you're playing around with the Redskins. Do you think the Buccaneers have any chance of winning this game? No, I mean, absolutely, they do. They're at home. Fitzpatrick is back in the lineup. It's kind of funny that I think better of the Bucks when Fitzpatrick's in there instead of Winston. Yeah, that's no, that a weird thing to, to say. Um, the Redskins, I think, almost are even a lesser version of the Bengals. Like, I'd be really interested to see a Redskins Bengals game to yeah. see who would, who would win that <laughs> on a neutral site because. Like we said, the Redskins are a team that have just gotten trounced by by better opponents. I mean, they got killed by the Redskins last week. They've gotten no. Who they play? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, they Falcons. got killed by the Falcons yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last week, and they got killed by the Saints when they played the Saints. So it's like they're a team who I thought like would be good, and and I kind of predicted the NFC East to have a, a little bit of a down down year. So I, I I believe in the Redskins enough to them to go into Tampa Bay and, and get a win. I mean, they got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, hopefully getting more uh, reps on defense and more into the defensive system uh, at two weeks into his uh, tenure as a, as a skin. So, I mean, I'm going to take the Redskins on the road, but could easily see Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just, I mean, if he doesn't turn the ball over too much and makes a few splash plays here and there like, like he can, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick just seems like he's playing absolutely opposite of what Jameis Winston is. Jameis Winston seems like a dude who isn't so sure of himself anymore knows that like he's supposed to be this prime young talent that's doing more, probably knows that the GM and head coach are going to be on the way out because of him. And where Ryan Fitzpatrick's kind of just taking this approach, like who knows how many games I have left where I'm starting in yeah, the NFL, absolutely. you know, and just playing with so much more energy than, and like Winston is really funny. It's, he's always been this guy who is like, Oh wow. He's such a leader. Like look into his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, really someone that you want to follow into into battle. But, like, with Winston, it seems like it's so artificial. Like, everything with him is so artificial. And, like, with Fitzpatrick, he's making a play and he's running around screaming. Like, yeah, and no. people really feed off of that much more than let's eat a W. So, yeah. um, no, you can tell Fitzpatrick's having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I think that's a good point. I think that's why he's starting ultimately. Yeah, exactly. I and, think- I mean, if you're Dirk Cutter – you want to show that your offense like is working and it's not Jameis Winston and it's Jameis Winston that's screwing it up and yeah. not you, you know. And th- the Bucks defense though is still awful. They fired Mike Smith, but they really haven't been that better, that much better since they they let him go. So I, I feel like the Redskins can get out to an early lead, maybe yeah. and just force Fitzpatrick to maybe make a few plays that he's not capable of, and yeah. this game gets away from him. But I think it'll be close. But I'm I'm taking the Redskins, and I think they'll win by more than three. So opposite of the line, yeah. Maybe. You'd lay the three with Washington, yeah. and they're getting three. Um, 
I think this is a really interesting spot, actually, for the Redskins because I've heard all this talk about – we obviously know that they're, they're the number one team in that division right now with how the teams in that division have been performing. I clearly count the Giants out at this point. So you've kind of got the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Redskins all uh, you know, jostling for position. I don't even say it's just the Skins and the Eagles. Well, I'm, dude, the, we, let's give the Cowboys a chance here on oh. Sunday night. Of, of all things, they got a game against Philly that's well, – we'll get to that. But anyways, they're jostling for position here. And the Redskins have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL from a lot of uh, you know mm-hmm. people that, uh, out there in the in the football world that are saying that. I think this is a very interesting spot for them. You know, you're you're in Tampa. You're playing a team that you are better than, and a game that you should win. But the Buccaneers are a team that's not going to lay down for anybody, and it's not like the Redskins have a high octane offense like that's going to blow them out of the water uh, or, or completely suffocate them defensively. The Redskins are a team that you know, is going to do their thing, and if their thing isn't working, it's not going to work out well for them, and they're going to probably lose the game. So I guess my point is uh, this: if the Redskins can win these games, they're going to make the playoffs, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to coast a little bit with the lead in that division and lose a game every, you know, two or three weeks to a, you know, uh, I guess it'll give them the ability to lose to a team like Philly later in the season if they can beat these uh, Buccaneers team caliber teams. Uh, and I just don't think the Redskins are really about it this year. I don't think they have been about it this year. I think they're uh, a paper tiger, and they're more of a three and five team than a five and three team, uh, or a four and four team altogether, an eight and eight, five hundred team. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one. I wouldn't lay the points. I wouldn't touch the bet. Uh, but I'm taking the Buccaneers in a, in a tricky one here, and I think that's why Vegas has the line like that. I just don't think that there's a lot of uh, faith. In, uh, in the Redskins, and I think that a lot of people are just kind of waiting to see when the Eagles are going to take this division over. Do we, uh, do we dare talk Lions-Bears? I mean, we, I'd love to talk Lions-Bears, <laughs> actually. I mean, uh, this is going to be a game we, we should be at. Yeah, this is a game we should be going no, to. But no, not Yeah, I mean, this is a game we should be going to. not going to fork over 100 bucks to... If the Lions are 5-3, yeah, and three, yeah. we're going to this yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Just a quick maybe referendum on, on the last week in Minnesota, a game where if you're a Lions fan, a Lions player, Lions coach, Lions <laughs> head front office guys, like if you win that game, you have the same amount of wins as the Minnesota Vikings. And you are very much in the thick of things in the NFC North going into this very winnable game against the Bears in Chicago. And that just isn't the position you're in anymore. And I just like have been thinking a lot about the Golden Tate trade and just at what point do we just like focus so much on age and like salary numbers and, and like sacrifice the fact that he's just a guy who's a receiver in the NFL who gets open? Mm-hmm. Like at what point do you just kind of throw away all the like he wasn't showing any signs of decline as a player. You know, he was playing as well as he had in any season, if not the best he's ever played in a Lions uniform up until the point where they traded him. And then you saw Stafford get sacked 10 times on Sunday. Most of the times are him just sitting in the pocket way too long because no one's getting open. And I think, I mean, I still think Rick Wagner would have looked like God's chairless against Daniel Hunter, no matter what, if Golden State was in the lineup or not. But it's like, that dude just got open for Matthew Stafford all the time. And now he's not on the team anymore. And they didn't even try really going to Kenny Galladay until late in the game. I thought it was a terribly coached game by Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, there are situations where it's like the Lions are at midfield and it's second and three, and you're handing the ball off to to Legarrette Blunt on second and three, 
and then it's third and one, and you th- they threw it to Legarrette Blunt on second and three, and they got mm-hmm. two yards, and then it's third and one, and then you bring in carry on, and he doesn't get it. And it's just like a completely backwards usage of the two backs that you have. And to that point, Legarrette Blunt has been a disappointment this year. The only thing he's been good at is playing from the one-yard line. Other than that, he's been a, essentially a non-factor at I, any other point in the field. Zach Zenner is back in Allen Park, and I'd honestly rather see him get carries than, than LeGarrette Blount if they're not on the goal line. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what Lions fans necessarily so, I don't know. This is like the end of Blount. Blount. I mean, Whatever. I, it's just like it's just extremely an extremely disappointing season. Uh, shout out to Lions special teams coach Joe, Joe Marciano, a.k.a. The Walker. The Walker, man, yeah. Uh, Lee and I sat in Latrobe and watched this man just pace around the practice field just over and over again. And who knows what was going on in, in that brand of his, but maybe you should have spent a little more time dialing up some, some coverages. I don't know. It seemed like for the past five years that the Lions could not execute a special teams play without some sort of penalty. Like yeah. a block in the back, a holding. It was just ridiculous. And my father texted me after the game. He said, first thing I would do if I was Patricia in the locker room is fire the special teams coach. And they did. And they did. So that's, that's... Mr. Klepp gets his wish. But, I mean, let's just get Side into this. I mean, that's, that's the Lions section of this podcast. Let's get into this game. Uh, I mean, like, the, the Bears are favored by six and a half, that's which is a lot. Too many I points. Think. I think that's a lot of points. I mean, I just can't, like, I mean, the Lions have just beaten the Bears nine out of the past ten games. And I, as much as I don't want to pick the Lions, I'm just going to, I guess, to win. And that's just me being a fan, probably. Yeah. And But, like, I just need to, like, believe it. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. It's just Trubisky and Stafford. Ah, yeah. It's just, but like now Tate's gone on the offense, didn't even score a touchdown last week. And it's like, when was the last time that a Matthew Stafford offense didn't even get a touchdown? Like, no, at least not even in garbage time. It's true. The six and a half is Vegas saying that the Bears are going to win this game by a touchdown, basically. And, yeah. And we dare you to bet against us. My logic on this game is the Lions have kind of dominated this rivalry for the past uh, five years, they win most of the games. I don't see that this team plays two times in three weeks. They play in two weeks on Thanksgiving in Detroit. I do not see the Bears winning that game in Detroit. Yeah. I don't see the Lions losing both games this year. Uh, or And I don't see the Lions winning both games this year. So I'm taking the Bears at home. I would not touch the point spread. I think the Bears are a better football team than the Lions this year. That's very dangerous. And I think possible. the Bear, the Bears are 3-1 and one at home, and their one loss is to a Patriots team that they played extremely hard. And... The Lions are coming to town, and this is a game where I think the Bears are just going to control the ball and be the superior team on defense and end up winning the game by maybe 7 to 10 points and covering the spread. I mean, I wouldn't touch it, but I'm fairly confident that the Bears are going to get a win in this uh, in this first uh, meeting of these two teams in their uh, uh, of the two this year. Tease Tabor is just bad. Yeah. He's the next Alex Carter. They'll move him to safety next year, and then he'll be off the team by about week three or so maybe in uh, 2019. So I, I did want to give uh, an, a quick shout-out to Charles Washington yeah. for still being on the <laughs> roster. Chuck Wash was a guy that we were keeping our eye on in Latrobe. Yeah, got we didn't know whether or not maybe yeah. he'd make the team, maybe he'd get cut. Once, here we once are. Tracy Walker came in, too, we thought it was done. Seriously, over here we kids, are. Kid's a cockroach, man. That, he can't die. He can't. We're no. back judge episode whatever. Two, we're sitting here in 2018. Yeah. We're men now. Yeah. And, and Chuck Wash is still a part of this team. I'm just. It brings nearly a tear to my eye knowing that Chuck Wash is that big a part of, uh, of this franchise. So. Let's I think on. that it's draft season. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's draft, draft season, season in Allen Park. Yep. So, 
Um, I'm not, I don't want to talk about Chiefs, Cardinals, or Jets, Bills. No. I think that there are better things to or talk Chargers, about. Raiders. <laughs> or Chargers, Raiders. Or Chargers, Raiders. Falcons Browns. <laughs> That's my lock of the week. Uh, Falcons minus four. It's easy money for me. That Vegas is is only making them a four mm-hmm. point favorite in Cleveland. I think that I would hit that line all day long. The Falcons are a team that are on an upward trajectory. I could even see the Falcons maybe making a playoff push at four and four right now. Not yeah, a lot of teams absolutely. have that second half push. Uh, say a real quick comparison. The Titans are four and four as well. And the Falcons, I like the Falcons a lot more than the Titans as a four and four team. There are some fraud four and four teams. There are some good ones. I think the Falcons are one of the better four and four teams. I can see them going over 500 in the second half of the year and maybe winning nine or 10 games a season and making, you know, another year where the NFC South uh, has, has those three playoff playoff caliber teams. Um, as far as the afternoon slate, Seahawks Rams. Seahawks I mean, Rams is the Seahawks played the Rams tough the last time they played, and I think the Seahawks I think are one of the better. We're talking about four and four teams. They're one of the better four and four teams in the league. I mean, they at least on offense are functional. They run the ball pretty well, and Russell Wilson always has a few plays just up his sleeve every game that you're just gonna have to deal with as an opposing defense and just say, kind of no matter what the call is, put your hands up, and it's like, well, that's why Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know. Um, that being said. You know, can't I don't quite have the <laughs> the the gumption to to pick them in L.A. I'll take the points, man. Yeah, this game, I mean, this line started at twelve for the Rams, mm-hmm. and it's been bet down to ten or nine and a half some places. Uh, I, I don't. I would take the points for the Seahawks in this game. They're coming off a loss. Uh, I don't necessarily think that the Coliseum is a is a super daunting place to go play a game. I know the Rams are coming off their first loss of the year as well. But I think this is just going to be just like the first matchup these two had in Seattle. It was uh-huh. a really close, high-scoring game. I think this one won't uh, uh, produce nearly as many points. But I think that it'll be a little more of a low-scoring, close game. I like the Rams to win. But I'll take the 10 with Seattle if you can get 10. I think that's pretty good value for uh, Division One team versus – or uh, first team in the division versus second team in the division uh, week 10, especially with the coaching Seattle has and quarterbacking like you've we've noted earlier. But, uh, yeah, no, I like the Rams to win, but I like the Seahawks to cover. Now, this week, I'm, I'm looking through these matchups, and there's not a great risky survivor. I am I am three straight weeks into my risky survivor, but let's go to Lambeau Field, where the Miami Dolphins get a dub, baby. Oh, wow. And Mike McCarthy gets shit-canned after wow, this game. Wow, that's a big that's, call. This is, this is the big risky survivor of the week. I mean, looking at it last week, the Packers play – the Patriots, a team that has a pretty terrible defense and puts up 17 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty poor performance. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not look that great in the game in general. He went something like like only completed two passes in the fourth quarter. Um, so it really was no late game charge from him. Um, I This is a team that no matter who they play, it seems like it's just a close game. So there's no real reason to, even though they've played the Patriots and they've played the uh, Rams close, they also played the 49ers close. Mm-hmm. So I, there's no real reason to believe that they're just going to walk in and blow out the Dolphins. And I mean, I don't know. The Dolphins probably are bad and they probably won't win this game. But like just with the way things are going in, in Green Bay, it feels different than in other years where they've started slow and then kind of like picked it up. Aaron Rodgers just seems like disgruntled and like upset after they shipped away Jordy Nelson. And I, I, they lost Geronimo Allison for the season two. Devontae Adams is really the only receiving threat. I mean, Valdez Scantling is played, has been playing really well, but at the same time, it's like, when is that going to run out, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, so 
I mean, I, I, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm kind of grasping at straws here because there's not a real great uh, survival, risky survivor here. But I just kind of want to point out the fact that even though I'm a Packers hater, like this is still a 3-4 and four team that has not played very well over the last two weeks. And th- there's a lot of maybe animosity in the building. And even if they beat the Dolphins, I don't think that necessarily yeah. goes away. I don't know. I think this is a lock for Green Bay because if they lose this game, you, that is a full-on fire McCarthy, and this is the season's over. If you're three, five, and one, I mean, they've relied on Aaron Rodgers for long enough to win games just like this against teams that are not as good, coming to Lambeau and you know an afternoon sleeper. I like the Packers to blow the Dolphins out of the water in this game. I just don't believe in the Dolphins that much as a team. I think the Jets had more than enough opportunities to beat them last week, and Darnold was just too young and inexperienced to really convert on any of them. Yeah. And I think that Green Bay is going to handle their business at home. I still like this Packers team. I still think that they're coming off, yeah, maybe they haven't have underperformed recently and they're not as good as we, – we've heard all that before. Aaron Rodgers never has an adequate team. I think that – you know, uh, they're, coming, uh, they're coming off of losses to the Rams and the Patriots. I mean, you're, you, yeah. the Rams are 8-1. and one, The Patriots are 7-2, and two, and they're the best team in the NFL. No one's better than the Patriots. I, I, I just think that the Packers are at home. They haven't lost at home this year. I just like them to take care of business against Miami. And I know you're going out on the limb a little bit yeah. because, you know, you're not going to make the Saints your risky survivor no. in Cincinnati, even though I would respect that no. pick. <laughs> um but I like the Packers to kind of regroup a little bit. Let's check it out real quick. Coming off these two really tough games, they play Miami. They then play in Seattle and in Minnesota. So and then you got Arizona, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, and the Lions. That's an that's an easy way to finish your season. Yeah, to be but honest. if you lose to the Seahawks and Vikings, I think your season's over. No, I mean those are two prime time games. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing both those games. Why not? Hey, they're away, baby. They could. But I don't want to get too far into the future. As for this week, I like the Pan- uh, the Packers. Lay the 9.5. They're, they're taking down Miami. Lay the 9.5. You heard it here first. Uh, I think Rodgers is going to clean things up, and they're going to go into Week 11, 4-4-1, four, four, vying for, for that uh, playoff position. Should and we finish up with the classic it NBC, us, it NFC East to, matchup, baby? To our, to our classic matchup, which this is, um, you know, for all intensive purposes, this is the season here for the Dallas Cowboys at three and five, zero oh and four on the road. The Eagles are any four chance, and four. I think Jason Garrett could be canned after this game if they lose. Jason Garrett should have gotten canned in you know <laughs> July or June, but that's that's aside the point. Uh, I think he should. Yeah, I mean, he could get he could get canned if they can't beat Philly. But it's like, well, you expect them to go into Lincoln Financial Field and no. beat Philly off of a bye? I after the performance they just put up at home against the Titans, absolutely not, yeah. absolutely not. I would go ahead and say, I don't know if I would do it, but looking at the line right now, I like Philly to, to cover the touchdown. I think the Eagles are a better team. I think the Cowboys are in disarray. Everyone is starting to sound like Lee Murray's a prophet Cowboys-wise. Everyone's starting to say, oh, Troy Aikman, uh, fire Garrett, Dak's not good enough, this, that, and the other. We need a, we need a full uh, How about that Michael Irvin reboot on, on first from the, take? Did you watch that? I didn't watch it. That was it. vomit. What did he say? Oh, no, just the whole thing. It was just like just ridiculous TV, and I can't believe people watch it. Was he it was just, just Mike? It was just Michael Irving and and Stephen A. Smith just like yelling at each other. Yeah, it was just like made me nauseous. The Cowboys are a disgusting franchise. I'm glad they're doing bad. Uh, I think that they're going to lose to the Eagles, and I think they're going to go under 500 this year, like I've been saying, and I hope they do. And I hope they have a high first-round pick that they don't have. They're in a weird – yeah, I mean, they're I, in a really weird scenario. That Amari Cooper trade could end up being really costly to the future of their team because, like, 
only bright it, spot on the field on on on, on Monday yeah, night. Yeah, but it's like at the same time, if you end up with the ninth overall pick, and and the Raiders no, get that, true. and you need a quarterback, like very true. That they could be screwed for the very near future. Yeah. I don't really know where you go in this scenario. I think Jerry Jones will probably just croak in the yeah. next few years, and like. It's just going to be what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, this is also a position where I know I picked the Eagles, but I'm looking for Zeke to have a big game. The yeah. past two weeks, Zeke has been very limited in, in his in, uh, production. I just don't think I mean, he hasn't really been dominating nearly as much as I thought he would, and he kind of has looked like he's regressed a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to say that he's not as good as he was, but in terms of output, I know this team isn't as good, but Zeke just kind of looks like not nearly as intimidating as he yeah. was when he was, you know. Sticking that arm out after getting a ten yard run every single time, it seemed like he touched the ball. He'd be getting seven to ten yards. So let's let's give some Eagles some do here though too. Yeah, um, bringing in Golden Tate, they're also you know and he's had a whole bye week and coming off a bye. At coming home. off a bye, he's had a nice a good amount of time to get used to the offense. Know you know know what's going on. So you would imagine there'd be little yeah. to no you know hiccups in terms of him picking things up and just being a contributor from the first game uh, out the jump. Um, I mean, you you had like the, they're coming off a big win in in London, where it was them and the Jaguars, and it was like both of these teams haven't had the start to the year that they wanted. Who's really going to set the course straight in in London and go into the bye week with a win at five hundred and really just take the rest of the season by storm? And I think you could be really, really looking at an Eagles team that could come on strong. This this division could totally get turned on its head within the next two or three weeks. And I'm not really sure when the Redskins and Eagles play next. But I mean, I'm going to pick the Eagles in this game, and the Redskins very well could lose to the Buccaneers in Tampa. So I think the Eagles may very well just start running away with this division. Who do the Redskins and the Eagles play next week? Um, the Eagles play the Saints oh boy, in New good. Orleans. Oh, wow. That's going to be a yeah, good game. And then the Redskins play the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to speculate at this point, but... I think you're going to start to see this become a two-horse race in the NFC East between the Redskins and the Eagles, and it could even see the uh, Eagles pull away in the end. Yeah, a division that Tommy Murray was very high on uh, before the season. <laughs> I remember him coming in with that late analysis that this might be the best division in football. Has not looked at anything, anything near to that. Yikes. Um, but, you know, kind of a, a low-key yeah, Sunday. Yeah, a underwhelming. Week. There are some good divisional matchups, you know, uh, Lions, Bears, Seahawks, Rams, Cowboys, Eagles. I'd like to see Cowboys, one of these, these uh, you know, maybe Browns, Falcons, Dolphins, Packers, like come through with a, with yeah. a really close game in the end, you know. Maybe Patriots, Titans. Yeah. The Titans the are like New England Brable, South. Baby. Yeah, New England Brable. South. Uh, lay the six and a half with the, new, with the Patriots there, I think. Yeah. Uh, that would be my advice. Um, yeah, other than that, it, the Chiefs should take care of business against, against Zona and Picking the Jets. The Jets. I mean, I, Darnold's not going to start, I don't think. No, he's, he's not. Some foot sprain or something. He'll be fine. Uh, the Jets have really. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Bull, do you think Bulls will be there next year? I don't know. I, it's been three years, and you haven't really. Seen, I mean, you've seen a team in flux. You but, just got your guy though. Yeah, I know. It was Fitzpatrick and and McCown. And yeah. now you have Darnold, yeah. one, Darnold year one, and Darnold leads the And league. it's like with the and Jeremy Bates, are you really going to separate them, or are you going to make like Bates the head coach like, yeah. in terms no, of – No, I know. I, I think yeah, I would it's... stick with Bulls for one more season. Yeah, I don't think that the uh, the grass is too much greener. I think no. Bulls is a pretty good coach. they got a pretty solid defense. They have nobody on offense. They yeah, can nobody. you imagine being a player on the Raiders and only knowing the season just half over? Yeah, it's <laughs> – Man, I – What is the energy like yeah, in that building, dude? I can't even imagine. 
Well, that Thursday night game Bruce, was... Bruce Irvin, we didn't mention that. Bruce Irvin got released by the Raiders. He's playing for the Falcons. He's on Atlanta, yeah. Pretty big move for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Their defense could use a little bit of that as long as he's not, you know, I guess making the locker room toxic with his Raiders, you know, <laughs> smell on him. But that Thursday night game against Nick Mullins or whatever, I know you didn't watch it because you had practice yeah. or whatever. That was very telling for me as just a Raiders team that's just tired and, yeah. and, and empty. Yep. There's nothing left. Yep. I don't know why they didn't try to get rid of Derek Carr before the deadline to Jacksonville, maybe. I think they probably could have gotten a first-round pick out of that yeah. and just added more to their first-round pick stock. But, uh, boy, I, I just Derek Carr doesn't look great. No one on that offense is exciting. Not a single player on that offense is exciting. And there's no one on the defense also that's exciting, which is pretty sad. Um, and they're the worst team in the NFL. So uh, they probably will finish the year with one to three wins at the most. Yep. I don't know where those two wins would come come from in the next eight games, but it's the NFL, so anything could happen. Uh, to close down the podcast, I would like to say Amir, Amir Abdullah was, was <laughs> picked Vikings up by the Vikings. Vikings. Yep. Um, Whatever. Good luck with him. Well, I'm just saying in that second matchup in Detroit, Amir Abdullah is going to have a touchdown. That's, that's what's going to happen. He's going to get booed, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. If he touches the field. I'm going to get a good old Bronx cheer when he fumbles it. Absolutely. All right, well, I'm, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up. It's kind of a low-key yep. week. We, got, we went back to those episode zero roots with our uh, two-man job here. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy the intro.